Hello, everybody, and Hello. welcome to Anime is for Jerks. This month, we are talking about Ping Pong, the animation directed by Masaki Yuasa and produced by Tatsunoko Production. Uh, Alex, did you like this show? I did. It was good. Yeah, so did I. I think you liked it more. I th- you probably liked it more than I did. Yeah, I, I, I probably liked it, but actually, like, but, I, was ex- I was expecting you to like it less. I, I expected your response to be, it was fine, and not, I did, it was good. Uh, the, I mean, the um, visuals carried it. Yeah, for it's, me. fuck, it's so good uh, to look at. Yeah, I have uh, thoughts and, and and criticisms about, like, the, the writing and the plot, but it's a gorgeous anime. Yeah, it is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it's good to look at. Like, like I, yeah, I had to make a, I made a specific note the last episode uh, when Hoshino and Tsukimoto and are doing their final match, and just the way that like everything is like shifting. Oh yeah, like, the, 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 the dynamism, the dynamism that I posted. It's. Oh, I, I don't, oh, I didn't actually watch the GIF. Oh, it's, I, yeah, it's. I think it's exactly the shot that you're talking about. I also made an exact note about this because it's the like black and white section after yeah. uh, after Sukimoto eats shit. Yes, yes, that, yeah. Yeah, that yes, that it's so fucking good. Yeah, this is uh, you can look at look at the GIF. No, yeah, I just I, I retweeted it, but I didn't actually um, let the GIF play, so I forgot. Yeah, that shot is just insane. It's so cool. It, yeah, that that was that shot itself was a masterpiece. Uh, so yes, so as as one can probably guess from the title, Ping Pong the Animation is an anime about ping pong, uh, about high school ping pong specifically, uh, and it mainly concerns uh, a kid named Tsukimoto who is also nicknamed Smile because he never smiles uh, and his friend uh, Hoshino who is also nicknamed Peko for reasons that are never elucidated I thought he explained it at the, at the beginning I actually I, I if he did I, I didn't I didn't notice it I it, never yeah, I, 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 I feel he, he at least like made some reference to his name but I forget if if he explained uh, its etymology or just was made a joke about it uh, yeah. I didn't take a whole ton of notes yeah in the first episode um, it was mostly me enthusing about how how good it looked uh, yeah. And I, I also wrote the note, oh, he gaming, <laughs> because Tsukimoto carries with him pretty much at all times this, like, tiny handheld game console. I think it's supposed to be a Game Boy Advance, one of the old... It um, kind of, yeah, it, does look, it, it doesn't quite look like a Game Boy Advance. Like, it's a little too rounded to be a Game Boy Advance. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, it, and obviously, like, the game he's playing on, it looks like fucking Galaga. Yeah. So it, it's, it's unclear what it is. Could be so. a Neo Geo. It could be, yeah, it's a Neo Geo Pocket Color. Hell yeah. But those are black. Shit. Uh, yeah, special edition. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know. I, I know most Neo Geo Pocket Colors are black, but maybe they have a special <laughs> one in Japan's white. But also, that looks... Ne- taking a quick pause here to research the Neo Geo. We'll play an ad and be right back. <laughs> the other note that I have, and I didn't take a screenshot of this, but somebody says... 
like uh like it d- d- stop you need to stop drinking so much condensed milk or you'll get diabetes and <laughs> i wrote here scott pilgrim voice condensed milk gives you diabetes i haven't seen scott pilgrim there's a joke in there where it. he's he's eating he's eating garlic bread with with ramona and okay. and he says and he says um you know i could eat garlic bread for every meal and then um and then Ramona says, bread makes you fat. And then Scott, with a mouthful of garlic bread, says, bread makes you fat? Garlic bread is my favorite food. I could honestly eat it for every meal. Or just eat it all the time without even stopping. <laughs> you get fat. No, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's one, one of the all-time great line reads. I think that smile time, because, yeah, Hoshi, Hoshino slash Pekko, his, yeah, his, his, one of his kind of characterizations is, like, being a connoisseur of junk food. Yeah, he's a connoisseur of trash. <laughs> it's so he'll always Which is be, also what we are. We do an anime podcast. Hey! He'll always be eating and critiquing the latest snack. Yeah, there's an uh, insane, incredible thing that he says partway through the series where he says if these super dark chocolate and high priced chocolate fads have people forgetting the true heady pleasure of the 100 yen bar <laughs> right you posted that it's such a good line <laughs> oh, the true heady pleasure of the 100 yen bar um so yeah so we're introduced to to both of them with so there are there are some really cool title cards in this show that introduce characters that introduce the episode, and so everybody gets a little title card that introduces them not only their name but also uh, what their their ping pong grip is. Uh, so Tsukimoto is a right shake hand grip. He plays with a, his racket has pips in rubber on both sides. Um, both and sides. He's a, and, he's a, and he's a chopper. That's his style. Um, and then Peko, uh he plays with a right pen hold. His racket is pips out. Uh, a, a real pips doesn't he, out look. Doesn't, doesn't he change his? He his does racket? change. He does change rackets. Okay, so, so we'll get to that. This is his early. This is early era Pecco. Yeah, he he plays with a pick out, pips out racket, offensive, close to the table. Um, I, f- I forget what exactly the chopper style is. It's like I mean I I I I never quite picked up on exactly what it all means. Uh... Cause yeah, cause it's, it sounds like you're doing like fast, hard. Uh, hits, yeah, I think but... it has to do with like specific like arm like motions mm-hmm. that look like chopping. Uh, okay. Um, judging by what like the animation looked like, but I'm not. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. I have no. I, I did not internalize much ping pong knowledge. And, and, and neither of us. Neither of us researched ping pong. I tried to. I tried to read about ping pong, and it was just so boring that I. Can't. <laughs> okay. Types of strokes: defensive strokes, chop. A chop is the defensive backspin counterpart to the offensive loop drive. What? Uh-huh. A trap is essentially a bigger, heavier push taken well back from the table. The racket face points primarily horizontally, perhaps a little bit upward, and the direction of the stroke is straight down. The object of a defensive chop is to match the topspin of the opponent's shot with backspin. A good chop will float nearly horizontally back to the table, in some cases having so much backspin that the ball actually rises. Such a chop can be extremely difficult to return due to its enormous amount of backspin. Some defensive players can also impart no-spin or side-spin variations of the chop. Some famous choppers include Ju Se-hyuk and Wu Yang. So it's yeah, it's, it's, so it's actually a more kind uh, of. And so I was like, okay, so what is this loop drive situation that you're talking about? And then in the loop section, it says perfected during the 1960s. The loop is essentially the reverse of the chop. 
Yeah, the racket is parallel to the direction of the stroke, parentheses, quote, closed, and the racket thus grazes the ball, resulting in a large amount of topspin. A good loop drive will arc quite a bit, and when striking the opponent's side of the table, will jump forward, much like a kick serve in tennis. Why do you assume I know what a kick serve is? Yeah. Most professional players nowadays, such as Ding Ning, Timo Ball, and Zhang Jike, primarily use the loop for offense. God, I wish the I wish the badminton anime was good so I could make you read about badminton. I, I would just do a similarly small amount of research about badminton. I know, but it'd be fun to just hear you getting angry about badminton terms. It would it would it would make me feel happy. Alright. Uh, <laughs> I was just looking to see if there's anything else interesting. <laughs> I was I was, I, I was I was yeah, I was letting I was leaving that one in your court and wait, just let I had just nothing to say to you. I had nothing to say to you. <laughs> anyway, so so it kind of okay, so here's so the basic kind of um so he yeah, there's a, so the really interesting things is that like the the main like uh Tsukimoto slash smile is introduced as the main character and his main uh kind of conflict is that he is very well conflict averse um he doesn't like yeah, he says he, uh, he says the immortal line: "Table tennis and learning English vocabulary are just ways to pass the time until I die." Yeah, and and he, when he's not having fun at table tennis, he uh, doesn't try hard. And yeah. I, I said I said he's introduced as the main character because, in a way, by the end, uh, Hoshino is the main character. Yeah, this is it's very interesting. Like the way that like the first half of the show is mostly about Tsukimoto, and the second half of the show is mostly about Hoshino. Um, and Hoshino, his his sort of like character defining statement that he makes early on is that hard work is for chumps with no talent. <laughs> um. Yeah. So his thing is that he uh, he's he's a prodigy, and yeah. and, and so like like a lot of prodigies, he gets very far on um, kind very of effort. On very little effort, then but but he hits, but then he hits the limit of what that can achieve, and he says he hasn't had to apply himself for so long. It's incredibly hard for him to um, get past that point, and yeah. he becomes he, he becomes uh, demoralized Just, yeah. very easily. Yeah, and and. And the thing is, because he, he's he's a prodigy in a certain sense, but also he's not like that much of a prodigy. Like he's quite good at table tennis from a very young age, and is definitely the best person that he knows. But to a certain extent, he's just like the a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, like he wins tournaments and stuff like that, and is, is quite good. But um, you know, he's not like internationally recognized or anything like that. You know, he wins tournaments in right. Japan. Right, because I mean, he he talks about being world champion. Yeah, but he doesn't. But because he he thinks hard work is for chumps, he doesn't put in the effort to kind of achieve that uh, yeah. until until much later. Yeah. So what happens in the first episode is we are introduced to somebody who I I actually expect would be a bigger part of the series than he wound up being, which is Kong Wenga, who is a Chinese yeah. player who is basically kicked out of he. He loses one too many games in China and is then booted back to Japan, booted out to Japan. 
um, and is, is sort of brought in as a ringer by this other school. And um, in order to basically, because he's way better than this, these, this other school. And so he's just like, all right, well, you're going to bring you're going to bring glory to this sort of crappy school. that doesn't have very many, many good players um, because you're you know, you're from a country that's better at table tennis. Um, right. And so in the first episode, Peko and Tsukimoto decide to go and sneak into this school to see if they can spy on this this new you know foreign player who's supposed to be so good um and that's really where peko gets demoralized is that they sh- they show up oh right and, yeah and they they play some table tennis and there's a great scene where uh kong and his his coach are sitting on the rooftop in like on of the building and but they can still hear like that people are playing ping pong in there and they can like discern all of these like little <laughs> details of the match right, right, right. um because yeah so so Tsukimoto and hoshino sneak in find uh kong's fancy ass um <clears throat> yeah his uh, fancy what, racket what's, racket what's, is, is it called a racket yeah in so uh, it's called a paddle sometimes it's paddle. i think i think that people who don't play ping pong call it a paddle and people who do play ping pong call it a racket okay so they find his fancy rackets and start playing with them and that's when they're on, on the title cards it does say racket okay okay uh, and then they're like, oh, so he's, so this, the second player, <laughs> and they, yeah, and they, and they, and they tease out kind of the basic uh, tension between Toshino, uh, Tsukimoto and Hoshino, which is that uh, Tsukimoto never really gives it his all when he's playing against Hoshino. Yeah, um, and that Tsukimoto never really gives it his all, like, generally, uh, yeah. you know, because he, he doesn't really care about winning. Right. Um, you know, he's quite good and is possibly even better than Peko. You know, people think that he might be, and, and he's definitely the only person who can even who can even hold a candle to Peko, but uh he just doesn't he just sort of mails it in because for him table tennis is just something that he does to pass the time. Right. Well I'm um, forgetting it, there's a there's a crucial note I forgot to take. Um like I think we learn later in this show that he used to go f- all out against Peko. Yes. Uh, And then it stopped at some point. Um, When did he stop? Basically, like, Tsukimoto stopped having fun when Peko stopped trying. Okay. Okay, Okay. right, right, right. So, um, yeah, we... we, um, Jumping a a bit ahead, we we learn all the way episode 9, kind of that, like... Uh, Peko started calling him Smile, not because he never smiles, but because he only ever smiled when they played uh, table tennis together. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point, yeah, Peko, Peko um, got too either arrogant or comfortable or just started coasting and stopped really trying and then stopped being fun for Smile and he stopped smiling. Um, and so then, and so yeah, so that's, and then, then that's why he stopped. Um, giving his all and the entire his his whole arc in the first half of the show is people his mostly his coach trying to make him make him care make him care and make him uh try try to win yeah um so yes so then kong and his coach go into the um uh, and Kong, like, immediate, like without even having to see them play table tennis, just by hearing the ball bounce, can tell that Tsukimoto is holding back. <laughs> um, and so they walk in, and then Kong wants to play Tsukimoto, 
Um, and Kong basically asks, because Kong doesn't know, one doesn't speak Japanese and doesn't really know, doesn't know who either of them are, like, asks to play him in such a way that Peiko misunderstands and thinks that Kong wants to play him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and Kong is like, well, this kid's just too excitable. I'm not just, I like, I'm not going to try to, like, talk him down in a language that I don't speak. Um, so they play a match and Kong just demolishes him, just destroys him. Right. Uh, and Peiko is crushed. Uh, he's, yeah, he's never been skunked that hard. Yeah. In uh, his life. Yeah, Peiko at this, at this point doesn't really handle losing very well. And uh, so then they, they leave after that uh, without Tsukimoto getting to play Kong. Uh, and what happens in the second episode? Um, that's when that's when the, the there's their ping pong coach just like decides to focus yeah. on Tsukimoto, right? I wish the, the plot summaries on the Wikipedia article are woefully inadequate. Yeah, my only note for this episode was it's okay to not be competitive, and so uh, yeah. My my note for this episode is let's fucking. <laughs> and I, so, I yeah. think that was when when Tsukimoto stands up on the table. <laughs> There's a great moment. So like right, the coach, right. the coach is like telling is like trying to get Tsukimoto to to care about the game, and the end decides to like play against Tsukimoto, and initially is winning. Because Tsukimoto doesn't really care, and then eventually insults Tsukimoto so much. The coach's name is is Joel, um, and and eventually insults Tsukimoto so much that he he like basically breaks and is like you motherfucker, uh, and, he, <laughs> and he he serves him some like really intense volley and then stands up on the table and there's this other guy who's like the I think he's like the the head of the club. Um, and he has this like crazy hairdo, uh, fucking crazy hairdo guy. Uh, and right. he just points at Tsukimoto who's standing on the table and says, Hey, that seriously feels against the rules. <laughs> yeah. So they do. So he, they, they're doing the classic sports anime thing of like, it, uh, if, if you beat me, I'll join the club. If, if I beat you, drop it and I can go back to my boring life. Yeah. Um, and in this case, Sugimoto actually does beat his coach, um, but he joins. He beats anyway. his coach so bad that his coach like falls over and like has, ha- oh. almost has a heart attack. Right, right. Because his coach is like seventy. Yeah, his coach is a very old man. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah. So this episode, like, I wrote, like, it's okay not to be competitive because, like, here and for like most of most of the show, actually, like, it was. It was confusing Tsukimoto's kind of character because, like, he obviously just plays table tennis, but when it's fun and if it's fun, it doesn't really care about competition. So, like, the the first thing was like, are they get like, um, what are they setting up with like forcing him into into, into this competitive mold? And they do, they do, like, it does pay off, and it does like, they do have a point about about yeah. ambition and competition. Um, but I was also wondering, okay, so he doesn't care. He's obviously having a miserable time when his coach is dragging him out of bed at 5 a.m. to go on a run. Why is he doing it anyway? And we don't actually learn that until episode nine. <laughs> like, why, despite claiming that he has no interest in competition, he competes? 
Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, and it, it is like I think it does a good job. Like like even though it doesn't explain it until quite late, I think it does a good job of pointing out or like making it obvious in a very intentional feeling way that something is not right or that that like what you what the audience knows about Smile is not the whole story. Yeah, uh, because I, his behavior doesn't really quite line up with what he says, which indicates that he's probably lying. Right. right. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, maybe that didn't. Yeah, maybe that didn't like come across as well for me. Because yeah, one of my, it, like yeah, one of my favorite little details is is especially because like the thing that people keep saying about Smile is that he's like a robot, and, and he he yeah. got bullied a lot for it when he was a kid. Right. Um, and and we we see some of that bullying and and several flashbacks and stuff like that. Um, but um, and one of the and one of the things is that the rather than bringing him out of his shell, rather than making him uh you know happier or 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 more able to like just like lead a happy life, what be what trying so hard to be good at table tennis and working so hard at this does is make him more robotic he he withdraws he stops interacting with other people and near the end of like the last few episodes of the show uh they start adding robot sound effects when he walks (laughs) yeah which is one of my i fucking love that detail it's so like well i thought was it when he walks or, or when he when he starts playing like really well uh, I, I, I only noticed it when he was playing, like when he I really got when he into was the walking, zone. When he was, just oh. walking, when he was just walking around, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, they add like little, and they're pretty quiet, so they're a little, they're easy to miss. I noticed them a few times, and like, yeah, they are. It it is just this sort of like Peko has this transformation sort of. They both sort of had this transformation early on into versions of themselves that aren't like positive there are they are that aren't positive changes for themselves you know peko you know he loses a couple of times and becomes very demoralized um and and then turns into you know just some like a bum basically like he 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 goes to the beach uh and and just lazes around for a while he lets his hair grow really long and he shows back up at the tennis club and the guy with the crazy hair dude is like you look like burnt toast <laughs> um you know, and whereas uh, Tsukimoto sort of goes the exact opposite direction and, and, and sort of like l- laces himself up so tight that he no longer has any room to do anything. Yeah. Um, and it, it sort of argues that like neither of those are particularly useful ways to like be a person. Yeah. You know, because so the, the thing that happens after episode two, which sort of largely focuses on this match between Joe and... Tsukimoto, where Tsukimoto sort of like re- like uncovers this sort of potential that he has within himself to win. Um, in the episode after that, they all go to um, like the the qualifying matches, um, yeah. the the preliminaries for like the for like the prefectural like ter- like they're going to like prefectural qualifiers for like the national ping pong tournament. Right. Um, and so all of these people are gonna gonna fight each other, and, um, and so Tsukimoto plays uh, against Kong Wenge. Yes, and, and um, gets beaten. Well, he throws. Um, yeah, he throws because he realizes like that Kong is under like incredible pressure to like reclaim his spot on the on the Chinese team, and that he's he realizes how much it means to Kong and how little it means to him, and so he. 
he lets him win and his coach <laughs> says it's disgusting to watch how you consider your opponent's feelings <laughs> also in episode three we are introduced to some of the players on basically like the best high school in the in the prefecture's team uh that school kayo kayo yeah kayo and so the defining feature of kayo is that they're all bald uh and the first one that we meet is he looks exactly like northern lion (laughs) just it's just straight up just like pasty like glasses wearing bald guy um with really pointy eyes yeah he has like the most like his eyes are like vertical like they're like rotated like ninety degrees from it's like, normal like, yeah, human like, eyes. He's like yeah, he's got a little Voldemort. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he does look like if you put Northern Lion and Voldemort into the machine from the fly. Uh, and yeah, he's like a childhood rival of Pecco. Yeah. Uh, and his yeah his thing is that um, he doesn't or doesn't believe he has kind of the innate talent that Pecco has, but. Um, he's made up for it with just incredibly incredible amounts yeah. of practice. Yeah, his name is, is Sakuma, but everybody calls him Akuma uh, mm. or Demon. Um, and yeah, he well, like he, I think doesn't ne- like Akuma until like the the a sort of later scene where he gets confronted about this doesn't really believe in talent, you know, or isn't really aware of it. Um, yeah. you know, like he is just like working really, really hard at, at, at table tennis and is just like kind of not really improving. Uh, but is, is just sort of convinced that, uh, it's good. It's all going to work out. Um, and then we also meet, uh, Kazuma, uh, AKA, Kazuma. AKA dragon, um, AKA buff Northern lion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a- <laughs> It really is like the Virgin Northern Lion and the Chad also Northern Lion. <laughs> what about the what about the one in the middle with the with the wacky eyebrows? The, oh yeah, eyebrows guy. Yeah, I uh, forget his name, but it starts with an S. Uh, Saku- uh not Sakuma. Uh, Sanada. Mm, yeah, the one. Yeah. yeah, who's in love with the girl? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, all, they're all they're all in love with the girl. One parentheses one girl in the show. There's a second girl. There's there's the old oh, lady. Oh yeah, and oh yeah. There's there's the there's the yeah the old lady coach, and then there's uh, Sakuma's little sister who we see in like the last two episodes. Yeah, that is when sort of green, one when he's when he's a Yankee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is like one. Like, like a problem with doing a sports anime is that because of the way that sports generally work, like one gender is just going to be insanely overrepresented. Yeah. Um, Because there just aren't. It's it's difficult, I think, to find opportunities to introduce women characters into a show like this because it's men's table tennis. Yeah. Until you get get a co, like, gotta have a co-ed sport for. Yeah, where's that? Where's that chess anime? I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, I, just... I, I'm, I'm certain. Chess anime, Crunchyroll Forum chess anime. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a show that that tries to. <laughs> the kind first, of... the first responses in this forum thread are no game, no life, which I actually knew featured chess, but it's also terrible. 
Uh, and then High School DxD, which is also terrible. Uh, and then Code Gas. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, a show that tries to do this and succeeds to an ex- it, Well, I don't know if it succeeds. Is Princess Nine, which is a an old baseball anime which, where uh, there's a, um, this girl starts a, a gr- an all-girls baseball team um, instead of instead of playing softball mm. and so they play against the boys but it's but it ends up being most about the girls anyway but there is you know it, if it was a better show it 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 could have been more about kind of um, isn't there like an american the, the movie about dynamics. that uh, a league of their own yes yeah that's is that's right that is basically i only that's learned that that's what that movie was about like last year I haven't seen it. I've, oh I haven't God. seen it either. No, I no. I said I haven't seen it in fifteen years. Oh, uh, but I, ha- I have seen it. Oh right, it's got Madonna in it. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the on the poster is Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, and Madonna. Incredible. Madonna looking the least Madonna esque that she's ever looked ever. In the, <laughs> on this poster, she looks less like Madonna than Gina Davis does. <laughs> if you like, if you got the names off of this and you asked me to pick which one was Madonna, I would point to the wrong person. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so yes, so uh, Tsukimoto throws, which then means that Kong has to face Peiko. Uh, and again, uh, again, or Skunk's no. Head. Yeah, again, skunks him. Or does Kong face Peiko, or does Peiko lose to I, does Peiko lose to Kazuma? Oh, in the in the, the first time. Uh, yeah, I think that's how we're introduced to Kazuma. Is that Kazuma destroys Peiko? Prob. No, no, no. Well, maybe, but I know Kazuma also beats Kong. Yes, right. That's how we're introduced to Kazuma. Is that he destroys Kong after Kong destroys both Tsukimoto because, and Peiko? Yeah, Kong is like, I've got to, I've got to win this shit, and then he gets knocked out in the second round because he has to face Kazuma. Yeah, yeah. And then also in this episode, there are some, just, some, some of the, the less good 3D. Most of the 3D in this show is very, very good, and like the more digital animation stuff is quite good. The stuff that doesn't quite work as well is like the really intense close-ups and the ping pong rackets. Yeah, because all of the I... ping pong pips pips are just like b- very basic, like smooth shaded s- cylinders. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they do remind me. Uh, they remind me amazingly of one of my favorite tweets of all time, which is a tweet from, and I've, I've, I've talked about this a lot with you, Alex, which is a tweet from, from Jake, the game designer, Jake Rodkin. Um, and, uh, he says, I have no memory of writing this, but there it is in the game data. And it's a picture of the, some of the game data from, uh, the, the walking dead season one. Uh, and it's a description of, uh, like the sound effects and and stuff for um uh like the character Lee drinking a glass of water and it's mostly normal. It's like here's the sound effects. Lee picks up or drinks a glass of water. Here's the direction. Lee picks up a glass of water and drinks it down fast. Here's the animation file name. You know, here's the the object file name. Here's the what the what the the character says when he does it. And then under the effects header written by Jake Rodkin on Friday, October twenty first, twenty eleven, it says. 
Real-time fluid dynamics leaving real-time fluid dynamics of water leaving the glass as Lee drinks. Some of the water misses, hits his face and shirt, and pools one drop at a time on the floor. Lee spits the water out onto the window, with some of the bounce back watering a nearby houseplant, which blooms back to life after weeks of neglect. A natural swarm model should be used to depict a group of bees flying in through an open window to pollinate the plant, flying away with bits of nectar. Cut to the bees' hives. In extreme macro close-ups, we see the bees converting the nectar sucrose into glucose and fructose, and watches it slowly de hydrates over time into honey. If you can afford the first simulator, I'd love to see a bear paw swipe into the hive trying to get at the honey. <laughs> and that's how I felt when I watched these extreme ping pong ball clubs. <laughs> Incredible. Except without, yeah, without the fluid dynamics. Yeah. Intense fluid dynamics. Of their, of their sweat, maybe. But of their sweat, yeah. So, did Peko even enter this tournament or is he, has, has he already checked out no he's in this tournament losing in this tournament is what caused him to fully check out i think okay so yes so then episode four so yeah because so yeah pego loses in episode so these plot summaries are so bad and i can't remember what happens in these early episodes super well which says pego learns a hard lesson from someone he never took seriously enough and then we finally see how the dragon earned his name so i don't think pego lo- loses to kazuma and i don't think he loses to kong i think he loses to uh Sakura. yeah i think he loses to northern lion yeah he does because uh, uh, then yeah because then yeah yeah because then later Sakuba loses to smile but we'll get to that uh so um so yes so so that so yeah so pego loses i think to another lion and then we see dragon yuichi kazuma uh take down kong yeah uh and then so in the next episode so at the end of that episode um kazuma uh tries to invite uh tsukimoto to play at kaio right uh and tsukimoto declines presumably because he knows he wouldn't look good bald (laughs) um or like basically just doesn't say anything and then and and then kazuma goes on he's like interviewed on television which is weird because it's like it's high school tennis uh not high school tennis high school ping pong but apparently it's important enough um, and says basically like you know Kaio is good, but like we 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 need more players like Tsukimoto if we're gonna. I mean, he basically he basically says Kaio isn't good. Yeah, he says like I'm the only basically says I'm the only good player on Kaio, and we need more we're, players like Tsukimoto if we want to yeah, stay on we're, top. We're in decline, and we need. And so like after that, all his teammates just fucking hate him. Yeah, and so then Akuma, Northern Lion, uh, decides that he's gonna. He's gonna do something about about being disrespected like this. Wait, that's episode five. Um, yeah, this is episode, episode five. This episode four is that the like is that the depressing Christmas montage? Uh, no, that's in episode six. Okay. Uh, the depressing Christmas montage is so good. <laughs> I know. Like I was like I was I was there was another montage and I was like this show does good montages. Yeah, <laughs> that's so rare. It does get, like, because there's also, like, in addition to those more conventional montages, there's also, like, the really crazy montages that are just, like, a montage of different, like, comic panels, all, like, like, that sort of stuff, which is all, like, it has the same effect as a montage, but, or, like, it it accomplishes the same thing as a montage, but with a totally different effect. Right. Uh, But, yes, so Akuma decides to go to, um, 
to go to um, Katase, which is the school that Tsukimoto and Peko play at, and challenge uh, and challenge Tsukimoto to a game of ping pong. Um, to the death. To the death, basically. It's it is it is like a fucking WWF loser leaves town match, uh, because. Uh, the rule at Kayo is that you're not allowed to challenge um, other schools or other schools' players. Um, so, uh, and if you do and you lose, you are cooked, kicked off of the team. Um, so Akuma is so confident that he's going to beat Tsukimoto that he barges in there and challenges him, and Tsukimoto just mops the floor with him. <laughs> right. Uh, and so Akuma is then is then crushed uh, because he's just basically realizes that he's just been kicked off of the ping pong team. Um, yeah. So he goes, gets drunk, gets in a fight. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he walks in the street and like beats the shit out of people and then gets suspended from school. Oh yeah, because yeah, because during the yeah, during the depressing Christmas montage, we see him work on a construction site. Yeah, because in episode yes, and it's, uh, yeah, and then the other the other half of this episode is we learn we see Peko going to the beach um and hanging out. Uh just chilling. Just just chilling. Um, I didn't even recognize him because of his hair. Yeah, his hair completely uh. <laughs> changes. And so in episode six, he comes back and he looks completely different. But you can tell it's him because he's eating a uh, <laughs> fucking popsicle. And he says, you know, the success of their cream products hasn't made them arrogant. They keep putting out new products. Uh, and then crazy hair guy who, who's the, the head of the club says, I almost didn't recognize you. You look like burnt toast. That he does. Um, Pico throws his his ping pong paddle into the into the river. Oh yeah, and that's and that's mirrored at the end. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, he yeah. So he throws his ping pong paddle into the river um, and goes and eats snacks. Um, and then we learn that it's two hundred forty six days until Earth's destruction. And then uh, yeah, Akuma is working construction. Um, the, our little, our little girl who is in love with Kazuma is like waiting around for, for her Christmas date. And then he never shows and she goes home and he's like up doing upside down squats. Uh, yeah, that happens later. But earlier we see Kazuma first and he is looking at this enormous poster of his <laughs> that he has on the roof and cranking it. Wait, wait, what's he looking at? He's this enormous poster of his cousin that he has on the ceiling of his room, and he is cranking it. Wait, how did I miss that? Uh, it's, it's straight up, like, he's not wearing any pants, and he's got a, he's surrounded by a bunch of tissues. Holy shit. I did... I, 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 I must have blocked that part out. You must have blocked Yeah, it's straight up. That's all you're talking about, the <laughs> completely sit- insane bathtub that he, like... Oh, he, his he, bathtub is, is great. <laughs> like, there's a replica, replica of the statue of the thinker in, like, a grotto next to it, and he just sits in the tub with his, his chin on his fist. <laughs> it just pans back and forth from him and the thinker. <laughs> Yeah, I will send you this screenshot of him having clearly just cranked it. Jesus Christ. Uh, and, like, right before that... Wait, is that Cosmo or, um... Uh, uh, oh, is that Wacky eye- Eyebrows or guy? Eyebrows. That's Eyebrows guy! So, yeah, that's the guy who's um, in love with the girl. Yes, with uh, the cousin, yes. Who's... who's and the girl's in love with Cosmo, and Cosmo is in love with uh, Tennis, except he's not really. We find out that he's... 
This is a problem uh, with making like half of your characters identical bald guys. Yep. Uh, is that it's difficult to keep track of who is who. But yes, and then right before then, there's a shot of the poster. That rules. Roof. It doesn't rule, but it's Jesus less. Christ. It's it's <laughs> less weird than it than what I thought it was. Cosma and I wrote in my notes. This dude, my dude, was cranking it to his cousin on Christmas Eve. I mean, she cranks it to her cousin. Yeah, but like, oh, well, she we don't see her cranking it. No, that's true. We don't. Um. um Oh yeah, because huh. the other the other thing that happens in that Christmas Eve scene is like Kong and his mom are like making wontons. Yeah, uh, so he fi- like- he finally kind of learns. So his so once he realizes that he's not going back to his Chinese team anytime soon, his mom flies out, um, and then and this is where he starts to finally bond with his um, yeah because him and his mom team. are making wontons and this guy's walking past and then his mom like asks. Like, hey, can you help us? And then he's like, totally, sure. And then the entire team joins them and they make a ton of wontons. Hey, yeah, it's cute. Uh, and they go to karaoke. Um, yes, the, the karaoke scene is so good. Um, and so, yeah, so Kong with decides wontons, that... I've been unable to think about anything but this when people bring up wontons now because, so, I've been playing a lot of Splunky 2 lately. Uh, Have you? Yeah, some of them might know. I've been playing a lot of Splunky 2. And one of the late game bosses in Splunky 2 is is Hundun, which is like in Chinese mythology, like the primordial chaos, which dreams the world into existence. Ooh. And so I, I decided to look up Hundun to like get some more details on on this this creature. And the only picture, the only picture on the entire Wikipedia article about Hundun is a picture of a shrimp wonton. That's beautiful. Uh, and. It's pretty good. And it, it has to do with the fact that they're talking about the fact that Hundun and Wonton are, like, written, or, like, a co- are cognates huh. and are written with similar characters and talking about how there's, like, some fucking... <laughs> Mayer suggests a fundamental connection between Hundun and Wonton, the undifferentiated soup of primordial chaos. As it begins to differentiate, dumpling blobs of matter coalesce. With the evolution of human consciousness and reflectiveness, the soup was adapted as a su- suitable metaphor for chaos. Holy shit! Uh, that rules. That rules. Yeah. So, so that's what I think of when I think of Wontons now. Excellent. Uh, uh, so yeah, so Kong had basically the only one who has a good Christmas. Uh, yeah, Kong he, has a great Christmas. Tsukimoto he gets a Christmas present from Joe, um, and then uh, it's just like takes it and then sits with like with like a cake uh, yeah. at a, at a table. Uh, uh, Peko gets drunk and falls asleep outside. Um, Akuma is working construction. Uh, Katase captain with the weird hair is inheriting his like family business and so he's fixing someone's TV uh, so they're all yeah. kind of I mean and and yeah and, and, and like I, not only was the uh, montage kind of just like technically well done and emotionally effective but like it kind of it starts to address kind of the issues raised in the show of like dedicating yourself to um to, to like table this, tennis to, like the sport and it, and it, and and the funny hair dude like he like he is like he is very open about the fact that he 
doesn't want to and knows he can't make a career out of ping pong. And he's totally fine with having it as a hobby uh, and eventually taking over his family business. And so I like that aspect of, of kind of raising early in these different characters, kind of the, um, a lot, a lot of sports animes just kind of focus on the, like the character who does commit everything to the sport, obviously, because it's a sport anime. Um, and so, and, and this, this one kind of undermines that at the end, but even now it does, it does it in more subtle ways. Yeah. And like, I've never watched a sports anime before. This is the first sports anime I've ever seen. Wait, Really? Yeah, really. I, I, cause I don't really care about sports. Um, no, I know. Uh, but... And I don't really like anime. <laughs> uh, hey, same. Well, like, I don't really know that many sports anime. Um, yeah. Except for, like, the ones that, like, girls watch because they have cute boys in them. <laughs> uh, like, Free and Haikyuu. And I have zero yeah. interest in that shit. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't... But I, and I, I also haven't really uh, experienced that many other sports stories. Um, I guess like fictional sports stories i watched a lot of john boys videos but those are all real <laughs> um except for seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy six. but that's that's, that's real. weird that's too weird <laughs> it's real <laughs> john boys is a time traveler from the future to tell us what football will look like in the future yeah. uh it's gonna fucking rule but um but yeah like like from the few sports stories that i know and like you know the cliches sort of invade a lot of other stuff and are just sort of widely known like ping pong it take it has a lot of those cliches but it also rejects a lot of them or is is it interests me in a similar way not quite the same way but in a similar way as john boys's 70,776 which is that it is about like what even is the point of playing sports yeah um you know which a lot of a lot of sports stories i think take for granted that sports right. are good or, or fun um, or that they're, they're worth doing. Whereas this is, it's a lot more about people struggling with like, why even play table tennis? Yeah. Yeah. And our, our, our other beach bum, you posted that screenshot of him. Uh, oh yeah. There's, okay. there's, there's, yeah, there's other, other kind of like hippie looking dude who gets completely toasted by, by uh, Tsukimoto. Okay, in in the in those qualifiers in episode three, and he's just like, "Man, I guess this isn't for me. Maybe I'll go to the beach." Yeah, and he goes to the beach. He's like, "Maybe I'll go to the mountains." And they just like every so often throughout the show, we just see him like kind of like trying out a new thing, and like we're just wandering around. And at the very very end. He's watching the finals between Tsukimoto and Hoshino. He's like, "Well, fuck." I actually Guess really, I like really table love table tennis, <laughs> and it's so cute. Um, so yeah. So the other thing that happens in the Christmas episode is that uh, Peko is confronted by Akuma on a bridge. Um, they they meet up. Um, uh, Peko and. Uh, Pick up, pick up, uh, they're, they're basically Akuma like yells at him and is, is, it's a very, it's a very Ava conversation, um, you know, where, where Pico says like, I lost the guy who got smacked down by smile. That's my reality. And then Akuma says the reality where you don't do anything. Why is it that all you ever do is run away? 
And Peiko says, hey, my cells will eventually die and my impulses will sh- slow down. And Akuma's like, why would you stifle so much da- talent? And Peiko says, I was really good way back when. It never even occurred to me that anyone could be better. I could fly. I could jump up and touch the moon without breaking a sweat. I didn't know the meaning of the word miracle. And then Akuma's like, I wanted your talent. I copied your style, your racket, your form, everything. Uh, and then Peiko jumps off of the bridge. Gets and- really cold. And then, and then Akuma has to drag him out of the shallows. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah like... He- yeah, like it, he he, it gets really dramatic. Like it, it looks like he's getting sucked under and he's drowning, um, but it's. I think it's all in his head. And then the commission's like, "God, you only made it out to the shallows, you motherfucker!" Yeah, he, he, he like swims around for a while, and then he, he like starts stop. He's like stops being able to like hold himself up, and he's like, "Come to think of it, it's dangerous to swim with your clothes on." Yeah, um, but there's a good there's a good montage of him like swimming. There's like dolphins there, and like <laughs> it's it's sort of ambiguous how much of it is real and how much of it is just totally hallucinating. Yeah. Uh, and Akuma, yeah, pulls him out and is like, yeah, you, 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 you idiot. And he's like, keep playing table tennis. Keep running until you puke blood. Keep swinging until you crap blood. You'll feel better than you do now, hero. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, I don't know why I wrote this in, uh, in episode seven. I wrote one of the first things I... It was during... The scene where Eyebrows Guy confesses to Yuri, and I wrote this fucking music during the confession scene, and I have no memory of what that music was. Uh, wait, what's her name? Yuri. Oh, Yuri, right. I don't remember either. The, yeah, the, there are some really, like, interesting music choices. for. Um, yeah, the music so in this like, show is like pretty tonal. good. Uh, but I'm saying like t- tonal yeah, matches totally. with scenes. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know why I wrote that. I don't. I don't remember <laughs> the music at all. Me neither. Uh, but yes. So in 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 this episode, and the God, the plot synopsis on Wikipedia is so useless. <laughs> you got to rewrite it. I think these are all like the plot synopses taken from like like the TV guide or whatever. Probably because they're all written like like they're like oh we're trying to tell you what happens in this episode but not like give away the plot. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what I come to Wikipedia for. I come to Wikipedia to remind me what happened in the anime I just watched. So yeah, so I think in what happens in this episode is... So we get we we get a little bit about some of the people's families. We learn a little bit about Cosma's family and how Cosma's dad is dead. <laughs> um, and and he... he I, I, I don't know if we learn in this episode or in a later episode uh, about Cos- like how, how Cosma's dad died, which is that he fell off a cliff. Right. Uh, I thought that. I thought that was. Oh, that was that was Cosmo's dad. For some reason, I thought that was Pekka's dad. No. Okay. Uh, and then Cosmo also, uh, like, basically Cosmo's whole family, like his like branch of the family, is has been historically like sort of denigrated by like the rest of their family and like is is like looked down upon. But Cosmo yeah. has been like the linchpin holding them all up by being very good at ping pong and like as soon as he became incredibly good at ping pong they started he started getting respect and that's why right. he fights um uh and then we also i think get Peko after that wake-up call basically cutting his hair and going into the uh into the table tennis hall where the old lady works and where he used to play and basically saying please coach me uh it's like all right we're gonna start from scratch yeah, and he, yeah, he's like, start from scratch. Sh- start with showing me how to hold the paddle, and then they start with having him run up a huge flight of stairs with a uh, backpack and, full of bricks in it. <laughs> yeah, until he can do it in less than a minute, uh, and and he, you know, he throws up. He's he's having a miserable time. Uh, but yeah, so he, so Peko then um, 
Uh, and then we also get some scenes with with Smile and uh, Joe, who tells uh, Smile the origin of his nickname, which is Butterfly Joe, yeah. um, and about how he used to be a really famous table tennis player, but um, or was like an up and coming table tennis player, but lost a match, basically threw a match because it was up against a friend of his who had an injured knee, um, mm-hmm. and yeah. basically he was like, I didn't want to like, I knew what I could do to make him. To, like lean on the fact that he was injured in order to uh in order to beat him but i didn't want to do that i didn't want to ruin this guy's whole career you know and fuck up his knee just so that i could what win a table tennis match yeah. um and so he throws and then the other guy wind up becoming a really famous famous table tennis player and like a hero for playing while injured and whereas it was joe sort of fell out of uh, the limelight and guess who it is that man's name albert einstein yeah, it's Cosmo's uncle, who's the CEO of the major, like, Poseidon table tennis supplier. Yeah, because there's this other that, subplot that goes on with Cosma and his family is, like, uh, like massive table tennis, uh, like, empire. And this, like, <laughs> weird, this weird plot that kind of doesn't go anywhere, but kind of, but is hilarious nonetheless, about Cosma being in a commercial for the first table tennis shoes specifically designed for playing on mats. Yeah, uh, and like everybody goes out and buys them because the Poseidon, commercial is so funny. The commercial is like, very good. They're like playing table tennis, and then he like looks directly into the camera, like from like a super low angle. And like, well, like he, different. yeah, it's like he, it's like it's it's fo- it's a really low wide angle to focus on his foot movement. Then he just leans over, and like. Yeah. <laughs> It's like he's basically looking between his legs. Yeah. Like, it's totally different. Yeah, it's it's a good yeah. Um and then it, it like basically reve- it's revealed that like not only does he not use those shoes, nobody who's good at table tennis uses those shoes. Um, you know, like they talk like Peco doesn't like they go to like the the, the international turn like the, the, the tournament the, the same tournaments a year later that they that they all lost on and Peco's not using them, Smile's not using them. Kong's not using them, and Kazuma's not even using them, even though the rest of Kazuma's team has purchased them because Poseidon has put down... They usually don't play on mats in high school tournaments in Japan. Um, and so Poseidon, basically, entirely as a grift, has like put down mats for this tournament, which is really really unusual, and then set up like a, a tent outside where you can buy these new mat shoes. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, it is like... That spoke to me not so much as as an athlete because I'm not an athlete, but also as but like as a musician. Um, uh. And, and, and it, I, it's definitely something that happens in like any equipment sport, and even in like things that aren't considered like equipment sports, like in running. You know, like there are plenty of people who are like, oh, if only I had just had the right shoes, right. you know, or or whatever. Like, there's always like something that isn't your fault that isn't just like the fact that you just need to work harder and practice more that is holding you back you know if, like it's something you see all the time in, in music it's like oh if only i had this cool guitar pedal if only i had a better guitar if only i had the, this amp that my the, that this guitarist uses like i would i would suddenly be good at guitar i would suddenly be good at whatever uh it's not true uh not true gear gear is nice but uh nobody cares um, and so, but simultaneously with this story about the knee injury that, that Joe is telling us, we learn that Peko is starting to develop a knee injury. He's bandaging his knee and he feels yeah. weird. He doesn't think it's anything serious. Sound familiar? Sound familiar, yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, and, and Peko, so Peko goes, and we learn this when Peko goes to a, um, like this sort of elite 
like ping pong training school that like basically it's like a it's like a, a place where like the J- Japanese national ping pong team like trains players that will eventually be on like the Olympics um, mm-hmm. is 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 sort of is sort of what it is. And so he goes there to train, uh, and he, he he like ba- he like bows before all of the other players, and he goes, "I'm Hoshino y- Yutaka, also known as Peiko, offensive, close to the table style, a 16 year old Capricorn with Type O blood." <laughs> Um, and it's like, are you, are you like introducing yourself or is this your dating profile? <laughs> um, and now like if you have a Tinder profile or an OkCupid profile or anything like that, you're legally required to put your table tennis style in, mm-hmm. in your bio. You have to say offensive, mm-hmm. close to the table style. And yes, this is also where, yeah, this is the episode where we get the confession scene. Uh, there's a weird scene where Smile and Joe go to like an amusement park, uh, and they're like riding a roller coaster, uh, and, and Joe is like, what's wrong, Mr. Tsukimoto? Isn't this fun? If you're having fun, you should smile. And, and Tsukimoto's like, if I have fun, I will. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and then near the end of the episode, there's a really weird, like, insert shot, or like, just like weird shot of fucking... Yuri just like Tokyo drifting around like a three-way intersection <laughs> like she's just doing like sick donuts yeah. around yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a three-way intersection in the middle of the night that never comes up again well that's when she realizes that Kazuma like won't actually ever like her because he's yeah. too obsessed with uh, table tennis also because he's her fucking cousin you know, weirder things have happened. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, Albert Einstein married his cousin. Damn. And that, and that man's name, Albert Einstein. <laughs> Wait, his cousin was also named Albert Einstein. <laughs> Albert Albert Cosima Einstein. Uh, uh, so yeah, so we get the Tokyo drifting scene, uh, which is weird. Uh, and then, so in the next episode, I don't have any notes in this episode. Um, so yeah, so in episode 8 we go back to the, the, the qualifiers uh, we open with with a scene of Peiko like eating lunch with some of his like fellow ping pong players from this like ping pong like conservatory that he's that he's training at <laughs> um, I forget what they call it but like it's basically that uh, and he's like he's like oh I love eating here I'm here all the time um, and the one of the other players is like how will you pass high school if you're always here and he it's big brain hours he says it's no problem I've calculated how often I can skip and still graduate <laughs> yeah so that we're, yeah, we're in the last arc the yes the qualify the qualifiers again. Yeah, uh, and we also in this scene we get a shot of Kazuma showing him training, and he's like wearing he looks like a fucking shirtless <laughs> Among Us astronaut. <laughs> yeah, he's he's playing as this ping pong robot, yeah. wearing like a plastic face mask because it, it's 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 hitting him so hard. Yeah, and uh, he's wearing a plastic face mask, and he's like covered in bruises, and he's also like weirdly on like a treadmill. He's on some weird like spinning mat to like and he, at one point he's just like this is yeah yeah falls he off. Shit. yeah it, like it, it, it looks right like one of those up. treadmills that they they have you like that the people go on when they wear VR headsets for like the fully immersive experience <laughs> oh, oh god um, yeah 
But yeah, and it's like showing him how hard he's training. But yeah, he's he's not just playing against one ping pong robot because like he, he got given. He was like, well, there's not always people available to practice with you, Cosma. So we've got you this ping pong robot. And he's like, cool. And then in this in this shot, he has four ping pong robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, and then we then we get the scene where everybody goes in, sees that there are mats on the floor, and they all go out and buy the fancy the fancy purple shoes. And then the, uh, his whole team is like, "Are you gonna wear the the shoes, Kazuma?" And Kazuma's like, "No." And they're all like, "Sure looks dumb if we all wear them, and Kazuma doesn't, huh?" <laughs> yep. And then um, this is when so in episode eight, uh, Kong Wang plays. And he has his rematch against Pekko. And this time, Pekko has rebuilt Pekko has his... transformed. It's Pekko 2.0, baby. Mm-hmm. He's, taken, he's built up a whole new style. And... He got a new he, new paddle at Don Quixote. <laughs> Literally, he's like, oh, I went, I went to... I, I, I'm so excited to run down to the donkey to get oh, this. Oh, you're right. He did yeah. say that. Uh, and he, uh, he, I think he leaves the first game like he usually does. Um, well, he's downloading uh, his opponent's info, but then he yeah. crushes Kong, and Kong is like, "Well, shit." Yeah, because he suddenly reveals that he can. He he's doing a pen hold, but he can hit it with both. He's doing a reverse Japanese pen hold, but he can do hit both forehand and backhand. Shit. Um, his secret tech. Yeah, revealed the secret tech revealed, uh, and we also get one of the best title cards in the entire episode. In in that was this is in episode nine, but episode nine uh, has the is, is entitled "I'm gonna go cry a bit," oh. um, because uh, fucking eyebrows uh. shows up. Oh right, so yeah, number two at Kaya, the one who is in love with Yuri. Um, he's quit the team. No, what? No, that's that's Akuma. Oh yeah, is it then? Is it Akuma who shows up? Uh, Akuma shows up to kind of talk to Kazuma and kind of lay his demons to rest. But uh, is it Sonata? Is that his name? Yeah. So he plays against uh, Tsukimoto, I think. In episode yeah, nine. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and gets wrecked. Is he the one who says I'm going to go cry? No, 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 no. It's 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 Akuma. So yeah, Akuma, it is Akuma. Yeah, yeah. I, I so couldn't while, tell, quite tell so, who it was because this person had hair. So while Sonata is losing Tsukimoto, uh, Kazuma is locked is holed up in the bathroom, and he always isolates himself before a match, usually by just sitting on the shitter. This um, is next to the shitter. It's a squat toilet, so you can't sit on it. Right. So he's just leaning against the wall. Yeah. Then. Um, Akuma shows up like fucking Yankee ass hair. Yeah, he has like a pompadour. Uh, and his little goofball sister tailing after him. And so he goes to find Kazuma to kind of like clear, like talk about what he's been up to, clear the air, talk about shit. Um, and I forget the details of the conversation. <laughs> Yeah, but afterwards, his little sister's like, "Are you gonna go watch now?" He's like, "Well, first, I'm gonna gonna go cry a bit." Yeah, and then you get a very good, very good Ava style title card that just says, "I'm gonna go cry a bit." Yeah. Um. Uh, and so, 
so Tsukimoto beats Sanada uh, and who and then right and then um, Hoshino who does he beat in the, on episode that in that round I should have kept track of all this stuff yeah I forget who he beats but afterwards his coach and the old lady are like they can tell his knee is is getting, getting worse and they're like you made top four, like yeah. that's a, that's that's qualifier. Just drop out. Yeah. Uh, don't don't risk fucking up your knee long term. And he's like, no, I can't. Um, uh, Smile has been has been waiting waiting f- for a hero for this long, and I have I, and I have to I have to be there for him. And so, th- th- yeah. So this is we finally find out like why Smile plays and um, why he's been like, even though he says he doesn't like tennis players, why he has been competing all year. And so, throughout the show, um, we see like through Smile's perspective flashbacks of when he's being bullied and he gets locked in a locker, and then. Uh, like it, someone opens it, and it's like it's the the like the god of table tennis in his imagination. Yeah, and it's like if if you need someone to come and save you, call three times. Uh, it's like summoning what, Beetlejuice. Yeah, um, and and so we so you think it's just this kind of like childish kind of um bit of a imagination to help cope with the bullying, but then. In episode nine, we, that that was something that Pekka originally said. It was Pekka who found him in the locker, who who um, dressed up as the god of and has to cheer him up. And this is when Pekka explains that he called him Smile because not because he never smiles, but because he would only smile when he played tennis with him. And that he stopped smiling when Pekka stopped um, really trying, and that he that now he has the chance to kind of make Tsukimoto. <sighs> enjoy table tennis again and so yeah he, he so he's like he's like i have to meet him in the finals i can't drop out um, and then so we know we're setting up a, a repeat of butterfly joe's crisis of um will tsukimoto um throw the game to save peko's knee or or not but before that happens let's have some fun um Episode 10 is about uh, Pekko's match with Kazuma. Yes. And we here we get kind of the culmination of Kazuma's story, uh, where, yeah, to, to kind of, like, um, rehabilitate his, his, like, side of the family and everything, he became, like, single-mindedly focused on ping pong uh, and, beca- and to the point that, like, his his like domination of the sport has become like a prison in a sense. Yeah. Uh, and he takes no joy in it anymore. It's just some, like, it's just something he has to keep doing like fucking Sisyphus. Uh, and whereas Hoshino is in like kind of in a sense, the opposite. And this is in yeah, the, yeah, this episode is, is great. Cause yeah, um, at the end, like Cosmo realizes that he can't win against Pekko and feels like, fun. yes, he feels so liberated by the idea of losing and not having to carry this, this, uh, 
weight anymore that he's that he starts to have fun playing ping pong for the first time in who knows how long yeah uh yeah because there's there's a really great moment and it's a great animation to go along with it where uh pego is like facing away from from the table and facing away from the camera uh and then you like he has this realization and he just turns around and his like leg gets really huge and long as he like steps back towards the table and takes a he takes a big steppy back to <laughs> back towards the table and he's just like super huge now and he says i'm gonna teach you something table tennis is a freaking blast <laughs> uh and then we get some of just the best animation in the entire show uh of of oh god it's just so good just like the music and the the animation is just this amazing section where they're both just having fun playing table tennis yeah uh and then all the guys on kaya make the pog face <laughs> like they're all making shock faces but they all they're all making the pog face yeah it's unfortunately but it's true um and then episode 11 the last episode the final episode um so we the final episode has a lot of like flashback content to uh hoshino and uh tsukimoto as kids uh there's a great bit where uh you see like tsukimoto or hoshino's like math test uh, and it's, he has a zero on it, and he's just drawn a bunch of. He's just drawn Eva Unit O One on it, and he's drawn Masato, and he's drawn the first angel, yeah. uh, which is so fucking good. So yeah, so it goes back and forth between yeah their childhood and and their match in the finals, uh, and and yeah, so Suki. So at first, like. Um, Joe is like Tsukimoto like how are you going to play this and he's like well I'm going to I'm going to target his his bad knee and his teammates are like you're a fucking asshole <laughs> yeah well yeah and Joe, Joe says what happens when someone goes after a hero's weak point and Tsukimoto says heroes don't have weak points <laughs> yeah that's the other thing is so so they, they do keep they keep using the loan word hero um rather than it's japanese equivalent and this has this show has some of the most realistic japanese i've ever heard because it is 30 percent english loan words <laughs> especially yeah. joe he he yeah. will often like say like long time no see or whatever mr um, tsukimoto yeah uh yeah he says joe says stuff in english all the time but every all, all of the characters are constantly using english loan words for stuff it's it's good uh, and so, yeah, so it's, it's both kind of like, yeah, the f interesting thing about this finals match is that like, yeah, it's it's kind of almost like the deification of Peko and the humanization of Smile. Uh, and so at one point, they they have this funny little like flashback of them as kids, like talking about blood. Uh, and it's weird and funny, but the gist is just that Tsukimoto is not a robot. He's a human boy, uh, but then yeah, his, but then his comment about how, about how heroes don't have weak points and how uh, Peko does not d d manages just fine even with his knee. Um, and this is this is what we mentioned at the beginning about how the show starts with Tsukimoto being the main character and ends with Peko being the main yeah. character. And this, it's, I forget who says it, but uh, I have a quote that yeah the hero defies logic as well yeah do you, do you remember who said that i don't 
Um, but then, yeah, this, this is probably yeah, probably the best like match visually. Yeah. We talked at the beginning about that GIF. Um, Wait, it's did we talk just was that, was that on the was that on mic or was that before we started? I think that was on mic. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, uh, so yeah, so so it yeah during this rally, it just the way it, it just it stays on one side, but it shifts like perspective and yeah. Uh, Which scale. Is, yeah. This show such... does all sorts of fascinating things with like non-realistic perspective and non-realistic anatomy. Yeah, that are yeah. just so fucking cool. And you can like, see, like, like it definitely, like, it feels like a Masaki Yuasa st- thing. It reminds me of stuff that he did in like Night of the Short Wakan Girl or the Tatami Galaxy. But also, it looks kind of nothing like those shows. Yeah, the, yeah, the the especially like the characters design yeah. is much yeah. kind of rougher yeah you can see like a huge family resemblance between the tatami galaxy and night is short and in very in a lot of ways like the style used in the tatami galaxy is a prototype of the style that is used in night is short whereas this feels like it's exploring some of the same ideas but in a way that looks totally different but it couldn't be any other director oh yeah it absolutely couldn't be any other director and like i feel the same way about like like aizuken um you know like you look at all of these shows and and like Aizuken doesn't really look like Night of Short Wakan Girl, which doesn't really look like Ping Pong, but they all have these sort of, like, same interests that Masaki Yuasa seems to have with, like... And there are interests that I have, too, which is, like, there's no... There's no reason why you have to draw perspective realistically. There's no reason why you have to draw humans that look like humans. Right, like, I mean, like, he's... Well, yeah, well, like, one of the only, like, directors, it seems like, who understands the possibilities of animation at least like at least currently yeah like he i i made a post on message about how masaki Yuasa is the best animation director working right now and it's not even close you know like like the like as much as i i did like the plot like I, of of this show and i was i was engaged with it but it is just like it reminds me that the number one thing that i want when i watch an anime is just something that looks like something i've never seen before yeah. You yeah. know, like, that was what, as much as, like, the plot of, for instance, Night of Short Walk On Girl is weird and funny and, and strange, and as much as, like, I liked the jokes in that movie, the thing that b- blew my mind about it, and, like, the thing that really just has made it stick in my head is, it's not my favorite thing we've watched for the podcast, but it's definitely the thing I that we've watched for the podcast that I think about the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's just it's something that just looks like nothing else you know and that's that's what's really magnificent about this show is that there's nothing else out there like it maybe we should watch Fujikomine for the podcast at some point then yeah I mean I wanted to when you were posting the screenshots I was like holy shit I, w- I need to see this I need to see a show that looks like this yeah I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to watch it again so uh, uh, yeah um, yeah, yeah I, I would I would totally be into into watching watching that for the show um yeah, there's yeah, there's there's all sorts of stuff. It's it's and it's super cool. It's a thing that just like it revitalizes your interest in animation, you know, like, yeah. like when yeah. you see because it's so easy, I think, in the medium like this or in video games or in any medium, when you see so much stuff that looks the same, just be like, oh, this medium's crap. It's just it's all it's, garbage. It, and everybody who works in it is, yeah, is a moron. You, you, you lose sight of what's possible. Yeah. And then you, you see stuff that is unique. You know, and like I've I've in video games, you know, like as much as I I complain on Twitter about and part of why I've gotten so mad this year about how boring everything that I see is, is because this year on our stream, I've played 
a number of games that have just totally blown my mind from Fortress yeah. Wii Scramble to Pathologic 2 to uh, what we're playing now, Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass to Deadly Premonition, which we didn't finish, but I still we and, and that short demo on the on the haunted disc. The PS2. Oh, yeah, that fucking crazy uh, nonsense. Was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was I forget what it what it was called, but it was by it was by Color Fiction at, at colorfiction.itch.io. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, he uh, Color Fiction also re- recently right like right recently for free released uh well it was temporarily free, now it's 5 bucks again, but it's a like weird subway simulator called Nightline. Mm. Um which is which is really cool. It was, I believe it was Ode to a Moon that we played. Oh yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I believe I believe it was Ode to the uh, Ode, Ode to a Moon. Um, which yeah, and, is, and, and, and yeah. yeah, we are we are you are playing it. We're and like we're just constantly like this is like why do, like why does no one else doing this? Yeah, why is like yeah like it, it was especially it was especially shocking in the context of all of the other demos on that disc, many of which were interesting or good, but most of which were like orbiting around uh, the same handful of ideas yeah, um, and a handful of visual ideas and like just sort of retreading this sort of like nineties PS one aesthetic. And which is, which in, in fairness was the point of the demo disc, but simultaneously it was just like, it was, it was an interesting just like inclusion because it was just a rebuttal to the entire uh, existence <laughs> of the demo disc. <laughs> and and uh, of the subculture that the demo disc represents right. right like it's like oh all of you are just attempting to recapture this old thing and then the one person in the demo disc who decided to do something new made without a doubt the best most interesting thing right right um, uh, speaking of innovation <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the anime so yeah like the, like um, it's it's like yeah I, I didn't especially the first the first half the story kind of dragged a little bit um, but I like but it picks up in this in the second half and like it's narratively very kind of well structured like something uh, like very cool and that kind of uh, so there's this brilliant, visually incredible final smash between Pecco and Smile, and then we cut to, we cut to the time skip, yeah, without telling us who won. Yeah, and we only find out who won by seeing a photograph of them standing on the right. podiums. Because the whole point is that it doesn't matter. Tsukimoto is that it doesn't matter. He's finally having fun again. Yeah, and like he finally found what he was like looking for. Uh, Take that, Bono. <laughs> and so yeah, so we got to have to get back to the old, the old, um, the old lady's little tennis uh, dojo, where Smile is half-heartedly teaching some kids how to play. Uh, and she's like, come on, like, put a bit of effort, put a bit of effort into it. Uh, and then he, he, he says something to the kids. Um, yeah, about he says, gonna... I'm going to teach you, uh, uh like a, a, a really cool swing that is unhittable, <laughs> an unhittable serve. And then he goes, and then he, then he, then he skips off, uh, to the beach to, um, Oh no! It's Cos- Cosma shows up. Yeah, 
uh, in a suit and, and they're all, all the kids are like and with hair you got to grow his hair and all the kids are like whoa it's the dragon and then Tsukimoto and Kazuma head out to the beach uh, and we find out that Tsukimoto is going to be a middle school teacher yeah um, that, he, that he doesn't and play I thought it was an elementary school teacher uh, I think it was middle school uh, that he never he never played tennis ping pong professionally yeah uh, and uh, Kazuma just got dropped from his team. Yeah. And is having a bit of a crisis. He says, uh, from now on, am I just going to be an unremarkable player? And then Sikimoto says, what's wrong with unremarkable? Because uh, in a sense, yeah. uh, Sikimoto's whole life has been unremarkable. And... That yeah, and, and so we we get a a cut to Pecco's professional career where he's just crushing it. His he didn't he didn't ruin his knee because heroes defied <laughs> defied logic. Yeah, and uh, the cute cousin has I'm not sure what she's doing. She's but doing she's, fashion stuff in. She's London. she's 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 thriving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, during one of the last episodes dur- during the final arc, we. We also we see her. Yeah, she basically um, sells her car and moves to London, barely telling anybody. Yeah, she's she she realizes it's time to make a change. Yeah, and pieces out. Yeah, she tells her uh, dad, and then tells basically nobody else, and then just leaves. Yeah, and then uh, and the sequence between these is really cool too, because like her getting on the plane and flying away is like intercut with one of Cosmo's matches. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah the uh, yeah again like just like the the like the montage the real well done the way they used he uses juxtaposition yeah and especially yeah. how often he does it not just like with the sort of straightforward like Kuleshov effect stuff of like cutting between two things but by like one thing that I, I'm stunned that I don't see more anime do is is the things that this show does where it uses it like uses the conventions of manga and like manga panels to yeah. and panel layouts to like juxtapose different scenes or to do montages and stuff like that it's so cool like there's like it's so shitty and it just made me so mad that like what everybody else decided to do now that digital technology has made it easier is like a ton of like totally unmotivated like sweeping camera shots because it's easy that just make yeah. everything look super fake because it's all 3d and <laughs> a ton of like useless particle effects and reflections you know, mm-hmm. like, like that was like, it's fucking as much, there's so much that I hate about the Ava rebuilds, but one of the things that I hate the most is that they made Ramiel shiny. <laughs> and it's God, like, okay. it's so odd. It's so obviously a decision just made because, oh, we can do it now. Real time. We can do reflections now. It's, it's all in yeah. 3d and, yeah. it, it, you know, so we can, we can render that stuff and we can make him shiny. And it's like, but he looks so cool before. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas in this show, they're doing stuff like like that ca- all that camera movement that you get in that sort of black and white segment in the last episode, where this sort of camera movement would have been a huge pain in the ass to do traditionally, and and it's obviously being done in this scene. It's being done, you know, with like three D rendering and stuff like that. Like it's not fully traditionally animated, but it's one. It's combined with traditional animation. I think for I think the both of the the players are traditionally animated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool and works is yeah, the most yeah. important part is that like, even though 
is that like it's it's not just like this because we can it's like this because it conveys it's the best shot to convey this particular emotion mm-hmm. you know it's it's mm-hmm. the best shot to convey the emotion of the scene and it's the same thing with all those manga montages like there are certain montages like the more conventional christmas eve one that are shot basically conventionally because they work fine conventionally but then there are others like especially during matches and especially during like the, some of the less important matches you know where they just have a bunch of manga panels um, mm-hmm. And it looks cool, and it, it's really a, it's like they're not they're not just square manga panels. They're, no, they're kind of they're fragmented and, and yeah, they're very um, angular manga panels. They're all so cool yeah, because again, why be why be constrained by another medium? Yeah, um, but yeah, like like utilizing and bending the conventions of manga to the ends of and I, I actually get the sense from some of those shots that they're actually directly copying panel layouts from the manga. Uh-huh. Um, like I, I didn't check that, but like some of them looked very like conventionally manga. Like I would expect to see mm-hmm. this in a manga. Um, whereas some of them, like the montage stuff, I wouldn't necessarily expect to see it in a manga. But like so- some of the other ones, it's like, oh, I see, like why you're doing this. You're probably just they're they're probably just like this is probably actually a page in the manga, and they've just animated it, which is cool. That's like a, that's awesome. Um, and it's it's something that like it's. We are often on this show very pessimistic about digital animation and 3D animation, and it's cool to watch a show that does neat stuff with that and shows that it has potential beyond just giving anime characters unnecessarily high levels of detail. Yeah, like it's it's a good show about good. It, it's then, interesting. It's 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 got like the the story is good. It's compelling. Mm-hmm. Like the, I like the characters. I like what it's. I like its themes and the stuff that it's. Exploring. Don't forget. Don't forget the end. Yeah. Uh, when they're walking on the beach, he finds a ping pong pe- racket. Yeah. And mirroring Pekka throwing it into the to the river, he he, he he they've been skipping stones and he 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 ch- chucks the racket into the ocean yeah that when that scene happens that happens like seconds after Kazuma sits down with like a burger on the staircase and then a bird comes (laughs) by and steals it and then they just like let the the like box like get blown off into into the distance Uh, I'm like hey don't litter (laughs) that was also a callback to an earlier one where uh, I think the girl was eating and it it got stolen from her yeah um but the yeah the one the one kind of uh, tension I guess is that like it's a it's kind of a, it's 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 in a sense it's uh, kind of I don't want to say problematizing but I'm not sure how to say it the kind of traditional sports tropes of like dedicating it, going giving it your all making sacrifices for the love of the sport um, but it's like in a sense it can't it kind of has to buy into those to an extent in order to have a sports story to begin with. I mean, uh, it, like, I think it's, it's not, it's not that it's a tension. I think that that's like, and this is something that I think about a lot. And I, that I think that John Boys does very well when in, in all of his writing, not just his fiction, but like, but especially in, in 70,776 is the tension between the fact that people like to play sports and people have played sports for all of human history. And also sports are completely useless, worthless wastes of time. Right. Um, you know. uh, but I mean, even, even like the, even like the players like Tsukimoto who, who give up on it like like he was still good at the sport um 
And yeah, and I, because I don't think that that the point that the show is trying to make, or that a good point to make, is that it doesn't matter if you're good, you know, because becoming good at something is fun. No, you know? I, I, no, I know, but like, I'm trying to think um, how exactly to phrase it, but it be- might this might be part of what like the show kind of does and doesn't have to say about talent, because like mm. um, there are prodigies, like. Um, and there are people who kind of take to a certain activity more easily than others. Um, but like, it does kind of imply that like Akuma, no matter how hard he tries, cannot be good. Um, yeah, and I, I true. think in, in terms of, of like sports, I think that that is true to a certain extent right like being good at like you know for instance like i no matter how hard i try will never would never have been and certainly will not now ever be in the nba because i'm five foot ten you know like it's just a fact it's just a fact you know that like it doesn't matter how hard i work i will never it's impossible for me to be good enough at basketball to play professionally because i'm just not tall enough right i yeah i guess i guess my kind of not quite fully formed idea is that um like even even making a show that's partly about failure and letting go and giving up you you inevitably kind of have to focus on the good players uh and i'm not sure if that's a bad thing necessarily yeah, um and i i, I, I also I think quite that thought the, it through the, like our 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 friendly neighborhood beach bum is kind of a an interesting like sort of counter to that because he gives up because he doesn't he he doesn't win he realizes he's not good enough and then comes back and realizes like actually it kind of doesn't matter whether or not I'm good enough I like playing right. table tennis right right <laughs> could you make a could you make a show that was him as the main character though I kind of think you you maybe could but also like I think the difference between him and Akuma is that Akuma when, he, when when Akuma plays and um and doesn't win, he doesn't have fun. You know, for yeah, him, being fun yeah. is getting good. You know, and yeah. so he decides that he doesn't want to play anymore because he realizes he's never going to be good enough where he's going to have fun again. You know, yeah. his his relationship with the game is has sort of degraded Complexic. to a point, or it was ne- maybe never in a place where he could have a healthy relationship with ping pong and yeah. and and play it without feeling like he he was underperforming or feeling like he just wasn't as good as he wanted to be feel like a failure you know yeah whereas i feel like our friendly neighborhood beach bum what he realizes is that he he, he didn't have an unhealthy relationship with the game like losing was fine you know yeah. like he was yeah. still having a good time um, uh, and even I mean, even the, in the final at the at the at the final tournament, he's just watching it. Yeah, he's just like he's like he's a spectator and he's having a great time. Yeah, um, yeah, and and like like yeah, you do have to focus on the good players. I think um, in in a certain in a certain sense, although. I'm not sure if you necessarily have to, or if the show just chooses to. Because again, right. like neither of these players are. They're high school players playing, and like this tournament, this big important tournament is prefectural qualifiers, right? You know, like it's not like they're playing at the Olympics or anything like that. Like these are, oh yeah, qualifiers for the nationals, right? Yeah, yeah. Like these players are very good high schoolers. Yeah, you know, like they're not 
you know, we're, we're focusing on a very amateur level of the sport. Right. Um, right. And, and and so much so that after the timescape happens, it's only been a few years and all but one of them have stopped playing table tennis because they hit a wall where they right. just weren't good enough. Right, right. Uh, I think I think we've covered ping pong. Uh, it's, 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 it's a solved game. It's a solved game. You just hit the ball. <laughs> you just hit the ball, forehead. Uh, do you have a book to recommend? I do, in fact. Uh, the book is Aquamarine by Carol Anshaw, and it's a book about sports. Uh, it's about a competitive swimmer, um, Jesse, who at kind of the cru- at the crucial race of her, like her high school career, uh, the night before. Uh, she has sex with like her basically her rival this girl this girl Marty and uh, whether because of that throwing her off her game or something else she just barely loses we all know that you're not supposed to have sex before you do sports it's a classic superstition classic gaffe and so basically the rest of her life is kind of haunted by this this moment and so um that like the the vast majority of the book is going through three different possible lives that mm. she could lead afterwards. Uh, one, she marries, she moves back home, marries like her childhood friend, and cheats on him while like looking after this shitty like tourist trap. Uh, another one, she moves to New York and marries a woman and are and is like a miserable city lesbian. <laughs> Uh, and then another one, she like marries her coach and then divorces him and, uh, runs this kind of decaying, uh, like swim school in Florida. And then, and then like the the very end of the book, um, basically all these, all these roads lead to the same place, which is her seeking out Marty again, uh, and leaving Basically, no matter what life she leads, like she can't get over this, and ends up uh, basically disappearing to, to to Australia, to where Marty is. And even though she's pretty sure that Marty was manipulating her, trying to get an advantage, uh, the like the last uh, paragraph is great. It goes, Marty doesn't give off so much as a blink of wondering who Jessie is, or trying to put her into this context, or wondering why she's here. None of the things that happen when you're not expecting someone. Rather, it appears she has been expecting Jessie all along, as she leans forward against the railing and moves straight into a smile of pure pleasure, her eyes filled with lies. Jessie waits, wants to, hear them. And, when I, like, it's not clear, because this is Jessie's perspective, what, like, if that's actually true, if or if or if Marty actually liked her, <laughs> um, and but it like I, I was thinking about this book when I watch, especially the first half of the of the anime, when when kind of focus more on more on kind of the toxic aspects of the comp of competition, and how like all these lives basically are so color, colorless compared to these brief flashbacks of like her 
her high school career and specifically that one like the night when she slept with marty uh and like the the imagery especially the, the the use of color is so much more vivid and it just kind of drains the rest of her life of color um it's an interesting book mm. um, what about you what is it called oh aquamarine by carol anshaw all right so i'm also going to recommend a sports book we finally we both have books that are relevant <laughs> uh, so I mentioned when I rec- when I said we were going to watch this show this month that I specifically wanted I was doing so specifically to recommend this book um, and that was because I wasn't quite done with it last month and now I'm done with it and I, so I'm going to recommend Stephen Florida by Gabe Habash um, the best possible pitch for this book is to just read the first page of it because it is the best first page of any book I've ever read uh Oh boy. oh boy it's incredible it's yeah i'm not quite sure it, it, that's, that's a bit hyperbole i'm not quite sure if it's as good as the first page of the great gatsby but uh it is it is definitely up there um so yeah it is my mother had two placentas and i was living off both of them i was supposed to have a twin when the doctor yanked me out he said there's a good chance this child will be quite strong this is the story my parents always told me and i but i never really believed it in a moment after i refasten the velcro over my laces i will stand up out of this folding chair i will square my bulge in my singlet and good luck tug each shoulder strap after and after i've counted the spectators in the bleachers 17 i will ask coach hargraves to box my headgear he will oblige then i will walk onto the maroon mat enter the white circle shake this poor richard's hand and when the referee lets me go i will come after him with everything i have noise and in the second it takes for me to hold the pin i will hear something snap in his arm this is like breathing you haven't spent any time in north dakota but if you had you'd know this time of year is useful for airing out your head i will use three minutes outside in the parking lot to stand by a snow clump watching for birds and settling down thinking how it's finally november and the season won't be over until march thinking about my weak sweaty goodbye to the whole thing before it gets sucked inside me for good i once read about the idea of internal age in my teams and group dynamics class i got a c plus in that imagine there's a tight little peach pit core inside you with a number carved into it and that number is the age of your best self most of the time people whine about not being at or being past their internal age not me i'm in my golden age i believe in wrestling and i believe in the united states of america i am a motherfucking astronaut (laughs) nice yeah, so this is a book about college wrestling, uh, and it is a book about extremely low-stakes college wrestling. Um, so, Stephen Florida wrestles at an incredibly shitty school in the lowest division of the NCAA uh, in college wrestling, and is absolutely wholeheartedly determined uh, to become the champion at the championships in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and his and over the course of the book, he doesn't even become gradually more obsessed with it. He just starts incredibly obsessed with it, and continues to be incredibly obsessed with it. <laughs> um, he is like reading this book is like having a knife fight in a phone booth. Like you are just you are just stuck in the brain of this complete maniac um with just it ha- it is just some of the like most alive like just violent writing i've ever read uh, it is so fucking good um you know it's it's very you, you can get a very that first page gives you a very good sense of the writing style um 
and and the book does a lot of some some really interesting things with structure like it's it's divided up into like pretty short chapters except partway through mr stephen florida injures his knee and the entire chapter the entire his entire recovery is one incredibly long chapter um that is rather than like sort of being a a consistent uh like narrative or whatever is just a bunch of like short vignettes separated by by like bullets mm-hmm. um it's so it does stuff like that and it is it's something that I think about all the time and I think especially about a sport like wrestling where it's like so like if you play baseball in college which a lot of people do um you can at least hold on to the delusion that after this you will get into the into the major leagues and that you will have a career in baseball that's a thing that can happen if you are into wrestling in like high school, you know that you will no longer be into wrestling by the time that you're 25. Like best case scenario, <laughs> you will go to the Olympics and you will be competitive at the Olympics for a few years until eventually you get a little too old and then you will just be done. Um, and for the vast majority of people, you know, if you get in and, and this is true even of sports that have like big professional careers like baseball, you know, if you start playing baseball in elementary school you know, maybe at that moment you're not aware of the fact that, like, okay, well, if I keep playing baseball in middle school and then in high school and then in college and then I, even if I go into the major leagues, like, there's an increasingly fine, like, small odds at each pass that this, like, that this thing that you've devoted your life to up to that point will continue to pan out for you. Um, And the thing that this book does that is really interesting is that it never directly acknowledges it. it. It almost reminds me of like Hemingway in this way, in that it is principally about the thing that it never talks about, which is that it's about what happens after Stephen Florida wins the championship. He's in his last year at university, so this is his last chance. And once he wins, what is going to happen? Uh, and he never really talks about it or thinks about it. Occasionally, a character will ask him about it, and he will dismiss it as a stupid question. Um, and, but it just sort of hangs over this entire book of just like what happens when this dude who is so singularly obsessed with something gets what he wants. Um, and I won't spoil it. Yeah. Sorry for spoiling my book. Yeah. It was, we, we often spoil our books during this, sec- during this section. Um, yeah, but yeah, I it's, mean... but yeah, it is in, in it. In this, the way that ping pong shows like the problems with single-mindedly devoting yourself to something without really having any fun, uh, by having the characters have fun, this kind of in the same way this is a stupid comparison, but like Stephen Florida kind of feels like the the like end of Eva to ping pong's Eva Evangelion end, <laughs> right? Because at, at the end of the show. Shinji gets to have like a real fulfilling life because he gets to learn that he has value and grows as a person. And end of Eva is what happens if he never grows as a person. Yeah, you know. And Stephen Florida is a window into what happens when, instead of learning that the obsession is not healthy and to learning to have a healthy relationship with your hobbies, you just never do. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is. It's one of the best books I've read in a in a long time. It's certainly one of the best like sort of recent books that I've read. This book came out in twenty seventeen. I don't read a lot of books that are like new. Um, so it's it's it was cool to get to read something that was written fairly recently and and think it's really good. So that is Stephen Florida by Gabe Habash. Uh, Alex, what are we watching yes. next month? Well, so. Um... 
I was running out of ideas, then I thought, fuck it. So a couple months ago, we uh, watched Kids on the Slope. Mm. About jazz. So next month, we're going to watch Carolyn Tuesday. Oh, shit. Which is another uh, anime about uh, music. Cool. By Shinichiro Watanabe. All right. We're g- going on our, our roundabout tour of Shinichiro Watanabe. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in 20 years, we'll have watched the whole oeuvre. <laughs> the whole oeuvre. Hopefully, he'll just keep producing anime uh, until one or both of us dies, so that we oh, always have something to talk about. It seems like he's he's one of the only like old school auteurs who is still making good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so yes, I'm just, uh, I'm just French now. Apparently, Alex, where can people find you on the internet? On Twitter.com, you can find me at done 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 uh on mastodon and catalina at selfie.army that's selfie with a y i sometimes stream on twitch at miss underscore input i sometimes stream on trash.cloud although that's currently on hiatus where we build a new state-of-the-art streaming a new uh, state-of-the-art trash cloud software um come contribute if you know rust at uh gitlab.com slash e-girls slash dios <laughs> what are you Cass? uh you can find me on twitter at prophet underscore goddess you can find me on mastodon at prophet underscore goddess at skeleton dot cool uh you can play video games that i've made at prophet no underscore i stream at twitch.tv slash prophet underscore goddess until they finally destroy my channel for starting every stream with copyrighted music uh and you can find the show on Twitter at anime is for jerks. You have the show on Mastodon at anime is for jerks at skeleton dot cool. Uh, you can find you can email us at anime is for jerks at gmail.com. We got zero emails this week. Let me see if there's any interesting spam. We've been getting a lot of emails from someone claiming to be named Martha Reynolds. Hmm. Just been obsessively emailing us. Interesting. Uh, and also, uh, and also, an email from USA Holster, which offers us high-quality nylon holsters and concealed carry products for every situation. What every situation? Every situation. Yeah, your uh, fucking holster and your. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where's my Where's my fucking holster? It's over there next to your regular one. Uh, so yes. Uh, we've literally read spam emails on this show before, so don't be afraid that your your email will be too dumb for us to read. The dumber the better, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty funny when people send us dumb, dumb stuff. Uh, so yes, yeah, so email the show at animatedforjerks at gmail.com. Uh, so yeah, we'll be watching Carol on Tuesday next month. Thanks everybody for watching. Good night. And remember... Nothing. What, what? What was it? It was nothing is worth less than anime. <laughs> Laura, what's our new catchphrase? Nothing is more worthless than anime. I think it was. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. And remember, I mean, I should just say, remember, anime is for jerks. Fuck! Our our catchphrase was sitting right in front our of us. Our catchphrase is that I put at the end of every episode uh, that clip of Jeff Gerstmann saying anime is for jerks. Wait, how do you put that in a podcast? Huh? I mean, I will, uh, you... just the voice. Oh, there's a voice! Yeah. I've only seen it in GIF form. Oh, the video is very good. Um, the video that it's trying is very good. I never even considered the voice. He is specifically talking about Naruto in that clip. Uh... Uh, anyway, remember, 
Animes for jerks. Damn straight.